Well, friends, it's Good Friday, but guess what? Sunday's on the way. In Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 4, it says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. In these verses, John is watching the end times unfold before his eyes, and at that, at that point he's overcome because he doesn't know how things will end. From his limited earthly perspective, it seems that destiny is hanging in the balance because no one is worthy to open the seals of this scroll of judgment, which will vindicate the redeemed of all ages. There is no one in heaven, in earth, or under the earth found capable of completing the task. So this veteran of intense personal persecution, countless battles with religious leaders, Roman emperors, and Satan is now reduced to tears because the outcome is so uncertain. John says, I wept, or as the Greek more literally translates it, I sobbed and I wailed loudly. But friends, the things of God are often far different from the way they appear to us with our earthly perspective. Continuing in verse 5 of that same chapter, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then John says, I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. I don't know if you caught that. One of the worshiping elders steps over to John and says, Don't weep. Look at the lion. John says, I saw a lamb. Friends, the problem isn't John's eyesight. It's his perspective. What he sees is correct, but what he understands is incorrect. The one who is weeping had his eyes on the problem, while the one who is worshiping had his eyes on the solution. Have you ever felt hopeless or helpless? That's because you haven't seen the end of the story. <clears throat> so before you chide the disciples for their unbelief or berate them for their lack of vision and scold them for not hanging around to see the miracle on that first Easter morning, remember that you didn't go through the agony they did. You weren't there on Friday when Jesus died. They didn't have an inspiring drama, a stirring concert, or a beautiful sunrise service to attend. There had never been an Easter Sunday, only a Friday that was far, far from good. They had been with him at the Last Supper as he spoke mysteriously of one who would betray me, and then struck fear into their hearts as they asked, Is it I? They had been with him in the garden as he prayed in agony for so long that they finally fell asleep. They were there when Judas came to betray him, and they realized the horror of what his earlier words really meant. They tried to defend him, but who could stand against the Roman legion? They felt a burst of hope when Jesus said, I can pray to my Father, and he can give me twelve legions of angels. Then instant despair when he continued, But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? They had followed Jesus at a distance, lurking in the shadows and outside the gates as he was put through the mockery of six trials between night and morning. They heard with everyone else the fabricated evidence and outright lies against him, and their hearts sunk at the resounding verdict of guilty that echoed from each trial. Before Caiaphas, Annas, the high priest, before Caiaphas, 
before the Sanhedrin, before Pilate, before Herod, and finally before Pilate. <clears throat> they had seen Jesus scourged until he could no longer stand under his own power, his skin literally ripped off in huge gaping patches. They had seen the makeshift crown of thorns pressed into his scalp until his face was dripping with blood. They had seen him slapped and punched until his countenance was permanently marred and he seemed only a grotesque caricature of a man. They had hoped beyond hope that when Jesus was taken before the crowds that this nightmare would finally be over. Surely the thousands he had taught and the hundreds he had healed would stand up for him. But with growing horror, they watched the mob under the evil influence of the Sanhedrin turned a convicted murderer loose and screamed, Crucify him! until Pilate was pressured to act. They had watched, engulfed by the mob, scared for their very lives, as Jesus was nailed to the cross and hoisted in the air, hanging naked and humiliated as he writhed in agony. They had watched his labored breathing and groans of pain, fully aware that crucifixion was really death by suffocation. They had heard the last cry, It is finished. But all their ears heard was, I am finished. They were there when a Roman soldier pierced Jesus' ribcage with a spear, one final injury that screamed the final verdict, He's dead. They were there when his unrecognizable body was unfastened from the cross and laid on the cold ground to be wrapped for burial. They were in the weeping, mourning, grieving procession that carried Jesus to a borrowed tomb. They were there when the huge stone was rolled in place. They had to take that long, long walk home to a life that no longer existed. Have you ever felt hopeless, overwhelmed, trapped, or helpless? Friends, that's simply because you haven't seen the end of the story. Heaven's script of the ages is called the mystery of God in Revelation 10.7 because Satan can't understand it. He's also powerless to change it. And he wants to convince you that God has left you just as much in the dark as he is. But friends, God has given us a key called worship that changes our perspective on heavenly things. Satan cannot even begin to understand because he lost his keys long ago. He lost all access to the purposes of God the moment he rebelled, and he has been frantically trying to bluff his way to victory ever since. Worship is the key that lifts you up to God's perspective. The higher you rise in worship, the smaller the devil in his kingdom look. When you see things from heaven's perspective, the one opening the scroll which controls the ages is not just a slain lamb, but a strong, roaring lion. Once John understood this, he could stop weeping. Jesus was not just the lamb slain in Revelation 5 or the lamb slain at Calvary. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. His temporary defeat had always been part of God's plan for ultimate victory. And Satan took the bait. After Calvary, Satan and his demons had just three short days to celebrate their killing of God's latest prophet before God walked into hell. Satan was puzzled and asked, God, what are you doing here? You said that since the fall of man, death, hell, and the grave would be my domain. Who gave you the authority to come in here? God replied, don't you know? You gave me the authority. You crucified me at Calvary. Satan screamed, what do you mean? That, that was just another prophet named Jesus. And God said, no, that wasn't just another prophet. It was me. And at that moment, Satan probably understood some scriptures that had probably gnawed at him for centuries. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
or James 2.19. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. All Satan did on that good Friday when he killed the lamb was unveil the lion. And what he didn't know has been revealed to us by God's Spirit. In Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and hell. Friends, if Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own kingdom, how can he lock us up? He can't even lock up his own house. Jesus has absolute power over physical and spiritual death. When he said to the thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise, he was speaking of the abode of the dead. It had been under the control of Satan since the Garden of Eden. Jesus went through death into the grave, but he came out with keys to both. In Ezekiel 37:13, Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. Friends, if Satan is powerless in the realm of your death, then he is powerless in the realm of your life. His only power is deception. So stop weeping and start worshiping. It may be Friday, but Sunday's on the way.